Welcome to Morning Coffee and Mimosas. I'm Christina. And I'm Joe. We are a father-daughter duo. We come here Sunday mornings, but you can come here anytime you please. We banter about life, about business, and we do it over coffee and mimosas. Good morning. Good morning, family. Well, wow. who is this? <laughs> Audience, if you tuned in with us recently, we had a special guest, and now we can't get rid of her. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you may not want every to. Every show, every week. Morning coffee and two mimosas. No. no, there's only one mimosa. That's true. <laughs> what should I be? What special? You are a screwdriver. Oh my Whoa. God. Oh, I'm not sure I like that. No, it's the orange juice. We, you know, we're making a. You're a bit stronger. Okay. Of the vodka variety. Uh, all right. I'm more of a gin lover, but that's okay. I don't know a gin <laughs> morning drink. Okay. If you're the... going to drink gin in the morning, you may as well just pour gin. Yeah. And just drink it. No, but we're really happy to have you here. Well, and Thank listeners, for, for who? Mom who is, is back. Mom is back. This is Laura Graziano. And uh, so I, I just want to set the stage. Last week, we, you know, had our gratitude episode for Thanksgiving, and Laura joined us because we're thankful for her and everything that we have as a family, plus you listeners. We thank you very much. And just to give you a brief recap of the guests that we've had in this Resilience series, and this is a continuation of the Resilience series, we spoke with Reg Green, who spoke about finding purpose in tragedy. And by the way, I encourage you, listen to these episodes if you can. They're pretty powerful and will help you in, in many different ways. And then we spoke with Pete Radigan, who shared his approach to focus on just giving your best and making every single day count. And Peter was the recipient of a heart, which is powerful right there. And then we had Sam Moravati, who shared how he put his priorities into focus and how he's learned to slow down and to really, in the face of immense physical pain and injury, he shared his tips and techniques, and they've been very powerful episodes. Yeah, we've really enjoyed it. I mm -hmm. feel like we have just had so many, so many incredible stories that we've gotten to hear about and learn about, and I mean, God, it really puts sometimes the challenges that we all have into perspective when you think about the just major, major challenges that people overcome, all of a sudden I start thinking about the things that, that I, you know, dwelled on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I'm you like, stress about, right? That I stressed about, like when you say don't stress the small stuff or don't sweat the small stuff, man, like it certainly feels like I've been doing that. But, but at the same time, all of our challenges, you know, we, we all deserve to feel what we feel. And even though they may be small potatoes mm -hmm. in comparison to what other people have gone through, listeners for you guys and for us, every challenge we deal with is ours to overcome. So, Christina, that's I think, very well said. Yeah. I, I mean, I really like that point because I know you're, you're speaking about resilience, but resilience is very individual because. You know, what one person deals with, even though their problems may seem small, they don't maybe have the same emotional capacity or strength that someone else does. So, 
you know, a, a problem that may seem trivial to one is insurmountable to someone else. And it's true. I think we can't forget that on our walk of life. It really makes us put ourselves in another person's shoes and think about it from their perspective, which I try to do. Yeah. And not minimize the things other people are going through, even though we think that they're trivial compared to what we might Correct. experience. Correct. So today you've heard from her. <laughs> you have heard her she already. <laughs> no big secret here. <laughs> I hope it's not like the Wild Witch of the West. <laughs> no. Oh, the Wicked. No. Wild. The Wild. I was going to say, where'd that one come from? That's... The Wicked. You are wild. Christina, no. we now, the listeners now know where you get it from. Yeah. Like, <laughs> my, my inability to accurately make a pun. <laughs> so listeners... Our guest that you have heard is very, very special to us. We were grateful that you joined us on our episode, sharing what we are grateful for. But mom is not only the woman that really keeps the heart of our family beating. She is also a person that has been a huge, huge example of resilience to me throughout my entire life. And a really appropriate guest as we continue this series because she now brings her heart to helping others and helping others to live their best life through her personal best coaching retreats and programs. And I'm really excited for all of the listeners. For anybody that knows me well, I've probably shared a little bit of some of the history in our family and kind of like what makes us us and unique. But my mom certainly has a really rich story of resilience from her childhood. And I'm really excited for her to share that with all of you. And then to really share some of the tips and tricks of what has worked for her and what helps her coaching clients as she shares some tips of mindfulness. And I just think that that is a practice that can't be understated because it's just so huge, right? So much of what we deal with and our ability to come back or to persevere and be resilient is the ability to really take control of our mind. Yeah. Oh, so my mom, mindset is huge. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> daughter. We call each other mother daughter. 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 What a, what daughter. A unique phrase. That's what we call each other when we <laughs> like each other. So yeah. So now you guys know this is mother. This is Faja. And, uh, Favorite child over oh, here. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Knew that was coming up. <laughs> so I guess you want me to start on my story of resilience? Well, I would love, Mom, if we could first hear a little bit about what your journey of life has looked like growing up, you know, as you got into business, raising three amazing children. Yeah. Just tell us a little bit about your background. Okay. As a young child, I learned at a very young age how to become resilient myself because I grew up in a home with a mom, wonderful mother, but she had mental illness and she dealt with schizophrenia. And I was very blessed to have an amazing, strong hero of a dad and a wonderful, wonderful sister that's only 14 months older than me. And we actually, I thank God for my sister every day because we dealt with a lot as very young children because when my dad married my mom, he didn't know that she had schizophrenia. 
I think families were very hush-hush about mental illness years ago, and it was something they buried. And shortly after they got married, um, he found out pretty quickly. And it became a lifelong devotion and a lifelong sword that he had to wield and, and protect you know, his two daughters at the same time. But there were many years through my childhood where my mother refused to get treatment and wasn't treated. And honestly, our home life was a living hell. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, and I'm not going to go into all the gory details. But, you know, my dad slept with one eye open in fear of what my mom might do. And she wasn't in touch with reality often. She heard voices and probably had hallucinations and talked to herself often, and there would be some violent episodes and slamming things. And and often I would like to walk out of the house and be outside and spend time in nature because I felt that was so healing for myself. And I think that, you know, was one of the things, and that was something that my dad taught me at a very young age is to have that appreciation for our natural world. And I felt relief in that. I also found relief in writing. It was something that came naturally to me. I <laughs> didn't realize what I was doing. You know, at a young age, I had, you know, the composition books that mm-hmm. you get in school. That became my best friend. And I honestly would journal in that. I started writing poetry just to release my own thoughts, even at a young, young age. I remember I wrote my first poem in second or third grade, and I talked about sitting on this rock pile and really thinking, doing like deep thinking about life and what's important in life, what means something. So I've always been a thinker. I've always been someone who really appreciates the depth of an individual. I also learned the mindfulness of our relationship with people, how important it is to be present with someone and and the gift of each other. So I had my sister with me to share in all that, and that was a gift. And my father, he modeled that. He always cared for others. He cared for my mother till her dying breath. Honestly, she passed in his arms. So you can't get, you know, more devotion than that. So I learned so much and about mindfulness just in my immediate family. And I took that with me on my walk of life because I've always loved, loved, loved inspiring people. So I'm talking a lot. <laughs> Maybe you want well, to interject. I just have one thing to say as, as we're sharing this, and I know that this is a series on resilience, but I think it's also an important note to make on mental health as we're talking about all of that, because you're sharing some of the darker times of childhood and what growing up with a mother or, you know, for listeners, if, if you've ever experienced yourself or a family member that deals with mental illness, there are two sides of that, right? And I think for the listeners just to recognize, you know, we're talking about the challenges that that brought about. And I can also say that grandma was one of the most wonderful yes. people mm-hmm. that anybody could ever meet. And being children, like growing up with a grandmother that was schizophrenic, we didn't know the difference. She was kind. She was silly. 
she was 100% my favorite person in the world. So I say that for people just to kind of recognize, because I think there's so much stigma around mental illness and it's not discussed. It's a disease, right? And I think that's the really hard part is when people are sick with mental illness, the treatment is, is looked at as like she wouldn't take medication, right? Well, part of her disorder was that you know, when she didn't feel well, that's when she refused to take medication and that's when she needed it the most. Exactly. So yeah. it was a very frustrating situation for my dad because he couldn't get her help for many years. And then even when my sister and I were young, she had shock treatments and things yeah. of that sort where it takes away your memory for days or for weeks and it comes back a little at a time. So it was, it was rough. You know, it was, well, I'm sorry. I just wanted to say like you brought up about it's an appreciation for mental illness but the sad part about it is if if you have a physical illness no one makes fun of you or belittles you you know if i broke my leg no one says well stop being a baby and just get up i'd probably say that well you would you would that's true all right so sorry most of you wouldn't do that but christina would but you know the point is uh if i had diabetes no one says oh stop it eat the cake and stop being a baby but if you have mental illness, people say, snap out of it. Come on. What's what's your problem if or, you're depressed? Or they avoid or, you. Or schizophren- right. Or they avoid you and so on. And so what's impressive about your journey with resilience is as a child, you had a dark place to grow up at times and a lot of times. And you self-medicated yourself. And I'm saying that's not with medication. Right. With, like you said, the outdoors, finding peace somewhere. Writing coping exercises with writing that just came naturally to you and that's why i'd like i think we want to you know also focus on what are some of the ways especially as you got a little older that you were able to come out on the other side of that and not be a broken person yourself you know i do remember if you recall this was before (laughs) before we got married but the day that so i wasn't here no Oh, you would you like must, a little twinkle in, must in my Must we eye. talk about this then? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. The, literally, the day that Dad asked me to marry him, Grandma was not feeling well. And I remember when he went into the house to ask Grandma and Grandpa, you know, for my hand in marriage. It was pretty rough. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. She wouldn't talk to me. Yeah. But, and like you say, she's a sweetheart. I loved her too. And her cooking... I loved going over the house and yeah. she made fantastic, you know, meals. And then I show up at the house to basically take grandpa out to ask him for her hand. And it was just out of the blue. Grandma was washing dishes and she wouldn't even look at me or talk to me. So I'm thinking, Ooh, this is maybe this not, is not a good sign. A good <laughs> well, either she wasn't well or she wasn't feeling she just well. Really didn't care. No. For you. <laughs> no. <laughs> a good cop out maybe that's true maybe that's <laughs> she, she wasn't feeling herself it, it was sad and even on our wedding day you know it was hard for her to hold it together I could but, see the struggle within her just to maintain her composure and she wanted to look good for others and behave normally so it took everything in her being to to get to that point and then after that event I believe she had a complete meltdown. Mm-hmm. 
I was just going to say, I think one of the, and then we'll, we'll move along from like mental illness, but I think one of the real challenges that people deal with is when you are in a place where you're not yourself, you do things, right? But then the you that is you has to live with what that person did. Yeah. And there's shame, though you may not have been yourself, everyone else around you experienced you as that person. Correct. So I think it's a it's a sad thing because and something for all of us to think about as we encounter people that are struggling, just remember that the worst thing they have to deal with is the fact that they recognize what they are putting other people through and have a shame around that, that they have yes. to carry with them always. Yes, I, I felt that my mom, you know, when we would go to a family gathering when she did feel well, she would be very quiet because I think she knew all that. And she kind of isolated herself a little bit because of that feeling of embarrassment and how people may be perceiving her now. So it, it was rough. And I even remember as a child dealing with that stigma. I remember playing in the neighborhood and a neighborhood boy came up to me and he said, oh, you're, you're that girl with the mental mother. That felt horrible. Yeah. I felt like someone was ripping my heart out. You know, he was talking about my mother who was the closest one to me. And it was, was very upsetting. And people are mean. They don't get it. But yeah. So, so what were some of the things that you did to help yourself so we're having a fun yeah i'm sorry (laughs) i'm a very emotional person especially uh, talking about this stuff dad's dad's like all right uh let's be a little (laughs) resilient here where are all the tissues we didn't bring any tissues my god i need tissues he's like dust the dirt off your knees here get up and i did let me tell you i carried a backpack for a long time And I still have a a smaller backpack now. (laughs) It's a lot smaller. But I use that even in the retreat programs I give, that example of we can choose to carry these troubles with us or we can choose to remove things a little bit at a time and be mindful of, of what we're here for. You know, God makes us to really have joy in life. And if we're carrying around all of our pain, we can't do that. So it's important for us to be mindful of our baggage and to let it go. Mm -hmm. And so when I like to look at mindfulness, I look at it, first of all, I think people have this attitude about mindfulness. It's like some weird guru thing, and you have to sit in a room and say, Home. Yeah, well, what, what, what is it? So for, you're using the term, so, so this what is, is mindfulness? This is my definition of mindfulness, very simply put. It's being present in all the moments of life. Now, that sounds simple, but it's so powerful. If you bring your awareness to all the moments of life, and that means not just the good, happy-go-lucky ones, everything, that you're present in the joyful times when you're out doing the things you love and you feel I'm at the beach, and I feel the sun on my face, and I hear the you ocean, right, and, and the salt air, that. even though Dad doesn't get that. Get he that. hates the beach, but I take all that in, but I also take it all in in the moments of struggle and challenge, like when, when Grandpa got sick, 
Uh, my dad, he lived to 105 years young, right? I say 105 years young because he was young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he looked like he was 75. Maybe 85. <laughs> Maybe but yeah. 85. Okay. <laughs> but he was in good health and lived on his own until five weeks before he passed. And he weakened his heart, literally working in his garden, right? And we brought him here and cared for him for five weeks until he passed here at our home. And that was probably the hardest thing I think we ever did as a family. It was so difficult to care for him in all those moments where it was losing his ability to do everything a little at a time. And we knew he wasn't, pretty shortly after he came here, we knew he wasn't going to recover. But the blessing in that, it's, it's being mindful, not just of, you know, the depth of pain that you're feeling, but being mindful of the blessings that are there within it. Because within even the pain, there is beauty. And our family came together. It was such I can't even describe it, right? Your husband was here. He watched Grandpa. (laughs) She's crying again. I am. I can't. (laughs) It was was just, uh, I felt like it was a gift that we had. We were able to help him on that journey. And he knew we were here. Well, I think that's the, the truth and resilience. And I think all the stories that we've heard about, people truly find like in the worst times, there's always a silver lining and there's something, there's some kind of lesson or something to learn that I think is how you get to be a better human on the other side of it. So growing up with your mother, I think you developed a level of empathy that not many people have for others that you were able to carry through to raising us and, you know, I think a lack of judgment, regardless of anything that we ever did, and now bringing it to other people, trying to coach people and help other people, you have a level of empathy that I think doesn't just come naturally to people. No, I mean, I've definitely walked the walk. I really love when I help other people to heal and to really getting to the depth of an individual. And that's why I love coaching, because it's listening, it's empowering, and really helping someone to help themselves. And I love that, you know, that I am able to give them tools on that walk of life. And mindfulness is such a great tool, because it helps you to control your mindset. It helps you to relate better, to find your place in the natural world, to improve every relationship. So let me ask you a question. You were saying like when you were a child and you were, things were difficult and you found respite or relief in outside in nature or whatever. And then you said mindfulness is being present in, in everything good or bad. So how do you reconcile being present and yet taking yourself out of that in order to cope? And it's not a challenge, my question. What I'm saying is, how do you do that if you're present in the situation, but you need to extricate yourself from it for a time in order to be able to deal with it? Well, that's a very interesting thought. And in a nutshell, I never extricate myself from it. Now, that sounds pretty extreme, but I immerse myself in it. I don't run from things. I run to them. And I think by running to something, 
you know, and that's what I see mindfulness being. I love the symbol of the yin and the yang because that's the darkness and the light. And if you look at that symbol, there's a dot of the light in the dark and a dot of the dark in the light because when you have the darkness, the light is there. In the darkness, if you light a candle, you can see the candle, but if you blow it out, it's all black, but there's light within it. So there has to be the opposites to have a whole. And so I put myself into the whole picture and I accept it all. And that's what mindfulness is, is accepting, looking at, at the present moment, what you're in and accepting the challenge, but also finding the light within the dark. I believe that's what mindfulness is, but part of it is to be aware of the present moment without judgment. You accept it. So that's what I say, immersion, is that acceptance that here I am, I'm in this situation. I like to look at it like I'm a sailboat or you're a sailboat on gentle seas, and you just roll with the tide. Sometimes you might be caught in a storm, but then you know that there is a calm, beautiful, sunny shore over there. So you'll get to appreciate that too. So it's all part of the big picture. And, and even my dad, one thing that he always used to say is you have to accept what is. And I've taken that with me, and that's been part of my mindfulness <laughs> practice. So, so would you say that it's not creating a, not a preconceived notion of what you wanted or what should be or whatever, but you accept what is? Correct. And say, this is what is, and then move from there to make what is better. Right. Right? That is such a good piece of advice, because so often what holds us back is thinking about the woulda, coulda, shoulda. Correct. Like thinking about, I think we've talked before, like, well, if I only had done that, then I wouldn't be here. I think a big part of resilience is being in the present, being mindful and moving forward. You can't be resilient if you're living in the past. No. Right. But you also can't, we all want something, right? Like I want to be this or I'm hoping. Like you would love to have this... hair back, right? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm just a, just a hunch. Just a hunch. Yeah. But you I, can't I wanted, have it, right? Well, I always said I wouldn't mind being bald or I wouldn't mind being gray. I had no idea that both <laughs> would both. happen at the same time. <laughs> and that it would happen so <laughs> early. And so early. So the point is that once I accept the fact that, <laughs> that I'm bald, bald and gray, and gray <laughs> Oh my God. I can then just keep my hair shorter and the hell with it, right? I'm not but trying you to can realize, color it and wear a toupee. Right. <laughs> so, but you so. can realize that now your showers are shorter. <laughs> exactly. You can I save so money benefits. on your shampoo. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So there, there's so, a blessing I, but I, but there. But I think, I think, you know, some of that is to what you're saying. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. I'm just saying, you know, paraphrasing mindfulness is accepting it okay this is it this is my situation you know this part of it sucks this part of it is okay it doesn't mean you don't take breaks and you don't go outside no, and, i mean and, and i can talk you know, about to, tools too that's why that's there, why i want to there are, I want to are, hear are, what it, are mindfulness know. tools right. to, so, to so help you give us give us one or two tools i just did want to say one thing about that is that with the acceptance and you know the sailboat image you become the constant 
And, you know, that is, that's a, a mindful way of thinking about yourself. Mm-hmm. You become the constant, and you get to the point where you know that no matter what storm comes, you're going to be okay because you are the constant. Now think about that. No, you're happy that, that you're actually powerful. in the storm instead of not being around. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're, you're right? the constant here, mm-hmm. and you know, you say, I, I have that. I have that strength. I have that. But it all starts, I like to think of mindfulness as a relationship in life. And I break it down to four relationships. And the first one starts with yourself. And this is a big one because in today's busy, busy world with cell phones and all kinds of interference from technology, and we have to be on social media. There's so many things pulling us away from who we are, and we don't spend enough time on the inner world. And that's the relationship that it all begins there. And that's becoming mindful of self-reflection and spending the time with yourself to develop that inner world because that's the constant. That's where it all comes from. It starts with the constant in here. And, you know, people are going on trips and they're buying things and all that. That will never fill this. This feels a bit pointed. <laughs> Rule a la, Let's arriving at that. your door. People are going on trips, Christina. People are <laughs> buying things, Christina. <laughs> no, no. no, I mean, we all like, we all like. Shots fired. We all, we all like pretty things, but, you know, starting with the core. That's the most important is your relationship with yourself. So how much time do you spend in self-reflection and thinking about what's important to me in life? What are my talents? What are my gifts? Am I using them? How can I better use them? That's what it's all about. So first it starts with you. I like to think of it, look at yourself like as a son. And the sun kind of radiates. We've out. been a sailboat. Now we're a You're sun. You're a sun. I'm all about the imagery. <laughs> all right. So I so I got me down. Okay. What's so the other one? Your the heart of the sun is the middle of the sun, the most passionate, fiery part. Then, as it radiates out, it radiates to others, the people around you, your relationships. And now that's like really powerful. Using mindfulness in your relationships is how you look at others. Now, think about someone in your sphere that maybe you have difficulty with. Could be a coworker, could be a family member. <laughs> Dad and I are looking Chris at each died, other. Right? We both looked at each other. <laughs> but if you're mindful, like sometimes we come to the table with an attitude, right? We might have attitudes, right? Maybe some came to a Thanksgiving table. Who knows? I'm just saying, you know, we we deal with people every day and then we start to put someone in that space and you sort of judge people. So if you take out the judgment of others and you look at them, okay, you have something over there. No, mom. (laughs) All right. She She has these glasses she likes to put on. I We're not letting I her. cannot. Uh, I they are heart shaped and she okay. calls them her love My glasses. Love glasses. And I cannot um I cannot be a party to our glasses. So this I'll is our podcast, and yeah, we're not letting I'll, it I'll describe. It is off in, brand in my live programs <laughs> and in my in my video pro video. It's one. It's cute. I have it's very worn. Cute. I have been seen with the love glasses on. 
But what I love about the love glasses is when you wear them and you look through them, all you can see is love. Nice. So if you decide that you're going to look through the lens of love and practice loving kindness in every single relationship, even the toughest ones, it changes everything. Everything. Every relationship becomes so much better and you become so much happier because you're not in that negative mindset. You're not in that negative mode. You're bringing joy to every relationship. It's almost like starting anew when you're in the company of someone and even someone that may be a little toxic at times. It helps you. It lightens you up so you don't get confrontational so quickly or whatever. Well, I think it allows you to focus thinking about everybody's got their shit, right? Yeah. And maybe that person that is just the worst person ever is really shitty because they're dealing with their shit and they don't know how to not project that on other well, people. Didn't we talk about that earlier? And, you know, and it's funny, your brother, your older brother said to me once, I thought this was so wise. He was, you know, a little bit younger. And I remember I was having some problems with a couple of relationships. And he said, Mom, you, you have to. <laughs> You're so perfect. You, I know, right? You have to remember, they're not you. They're not you. And I was like, this little like light bulb went off. Ding! You know, we're looking at everything through our own lens. And, you know, when I stepped back, because I had this experience with a coworker, and, and, you know, everyone was having trouble with this one person. She was difficult. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to be able to change her. What am I going to do about this? Because I had to continue working with her. And I realized that I can't change her, so I have to change myself. And then I put the love glasses on. <laughs> and then that woman left and was now, never seen all right, again. The interview's now, over. Now, so, uh, now so it, was, the... it was pretty powerful when I actually took his advice and I decided to look at her through the eyes of love. And this person was a single mom, and I thought, you know, I'm imagining, like, what she's dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis and, you know, having to go to work and managing her children and all of that. And I think she perceived the difference in my energy, in what I brought to the relationship, because instead of like showing up with this confrontational aura around me, I started to project a positive, like loving tone and probably the tone of voice, how I spoke to her, how I related. And honestly, we wound up becoming friends. Yeah. And, and the whole situation in the office improved you know, it, mm -hmm. it really is. I saw it. I see so, it working. So you had said there were four things, and I think yes. we've gotten two down. We got two. So we talked a little bit earlier about your relationship with the natural world, because we're all part of nature, and it's important for us to nurture the nature within ourselves. And the only way to do that, I know it's hard for you, hun, <laughs> is to get outdoors. You are a physical being. You need to be in touch with that physical part of yourself and be mindful of it by spending time in nature. I can't tell you, like, you know, no matter what my problems might be, if I take a walk in the fall and I hear the crackle under my feet and I just see the beautiful colors and it just 
infuses me with new energy. I look up and I see the sky and I look at the stars at night and my problems seem so much smaller. So I, I like to really even take that further with a centering and grounding activity every morning where I imagine myself like the tree of life and that I'm projecting love through all the things I say and do through that day. I think that's powerful because you start realizing how insignificant your problems are and how small you are in the grand scheme of the world. <laughs> right. You start to realize your place in the natural world, and it just makes you feel like part of it, that it's all like the yin and the yang. It's yeah. all just part of that whole. So what would the fourth be? So we've got the yourself, others. whether you want to picture yourself as that sailboat or the sun. Yeah. <laughs> You've got others, right? And reframing the way you deal with other people. Right. Being a part of the natural world. The natural world. And lastly is your relationship with the universe. <laughs> that sounds like What's so wild. What's the difference wild. between the natural world and the universe? So yeah. the universe takes it past that, the infiniteness of life. And that part of that involves us setting our own intentions for our limitless possibilities and letting them go and allowing, I know it sounds like hokey and all this manifesting, but it's so real because what you project is what you attract to yourself. So if you limit yourself and if you keep yourself in that little you know, bubble, that's what you will receive. If you allow yourself to expand, think of the infinite world. And all that can come back to you. And part of that involves you letting go of the things that are in the way of that. So the letting go is a big part of that. Letting go of the negative thoughts, maybe your negative attitudes towards others, your negative attitudes towards yourself, your self-limiting beliefs, um, your need to control situations, like so many things that if you're mindful of all of this, you can actually change your behavior and change your outcomes. It's so powerful. Yeah. Think about it. That's great. So as we wrap up, this has been fantastic. And you've really, I mean, you blew us away, really. It's, this, <laughs> this is fantastic. It's pretty good. No, I'm just, pretty good. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I have to, you know, after you leave, I have to. Now, I, I don't want to forget about, you know, what a lot of people, mindfulness they're practicing is meditation practices. Yeah. And you know, there have been numerous, numerous studies how it does build your resistance, it helps you reduce stress, and that's based on almost 30 minutes of mindful meditation a day. So now, how many people are able to do that? I don't think a lot, but I say do what you can. So if we were, as we start to wrap up, I have one question I want to just ask you first, but maybe as we wrap up, you could take us through maybe a minute of mindfulness? <laughs> oh. Well, one thing that I like to remind people is mindfulness takes, it's a practice, but it also takes practice. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not something that you learn it and you can be great at it the first day out, but you can start becoming aware. And the best way to get started with that is becoming aware of your own breath. And it sounds so simple, but it's the perfect way to start to focus 
on, you know, your inner self by becoming aware of your breath. And part of that practice is being aware of your breath. Think of your breathing as you get excited. How does your breathing change? How does it change? picks up it like gets a little faster, if we start right? actually doing that in these mics people are gonna cringe <laughs> i know yeah but it's think all right episode. now think about when you, when you're really sad how does your breathing change sad yeah slows down yeah it gets like really shallow kind of like low right what happens like when you exercise i've never experienced that <laughs> <laughs> Dad's breath should, is. Yeah, Dad has one you that, stream Christina. of breathing. <laughs> His breath has never changed. <laughs> no, it picks up. Yeah, but so, I think there's also your breath patterns pick up when you're anxious, right? Yes. When you're, when you're oh in a God. state of anxiety. Anxiety. Yeah. I mean, look at people that get panic attacks from the, their breathing changes, and it's it becomes consuming, where it it creates an anxiety. So how, so how would we experience this? So uh, like, like, I like to start with a one-minute breathing meditation where you become aware of your own breath. You want to try it? Let's do it. All right. And listeners, take a minute here if you can. But Give if me... you're driving, don't close your eyes. Don't, don't close your <laughs> eyes, but focus on your breath and the road. Yeah, let's take a minute to get ourselves centered and start focusing on our breathing. And I think this is an exercise that we can all take into our day-to-day I know for sure that I can find a minute, though it may seem hard throughout a work day, to center and focus on breathing to hopefully be a little bit more mindful. Yeah. So this will be a good tool, I think, for well, all of us. This is excellent. I, I know when I had this uh, stressful job, I used to go to the park at lunchtime and I would do, I would have my lunch and then I'd practice like a one minute breathing, you know, or I could even do a couple minutes. But if you have a minute, you need to be somewhere where it's a little quiet. But if you can remove yourself from a stressful situation for a minute, you can regain some composure. I've actually been a little stressed to be around you two for an extended period of time. Oh, my God. (laughs) So I could really use a minute here. No. (laughs) I love you both dearly. But All right. So now what I want you to do, I can't not make fun of you. It's just part of what comes natural here. So. All right, so what you're going to do, first I'm going to try to relax you a little bit so we can lead into this, but this is something you'll be able to do yourself. You're going to try to bring together your breath, your body, and your mind by being aware of your breath, okay? So I'm going to ask you to sit with your feet flat on the floor, your hands just, you know, resting gently on your lap, sit straight up, and close your eyes. Now... I want you to relax your shoulders, let them just droop a little bit, and just feel your whole body just kind of letting go all the way down. Let all that negative energy just release through your fingertips, all the way down your legs, brush it off through your toes, and just relax. Now, take a couple deep breaths slowly in and out. Another slowly in and out. Just to relax. Deep breaths in and out. Now I want you just to breathe normally, just as you always would. 
and observe your body and your mind. Feel your shoulders relax. Concentrate your mind now strictly on your breath. Just your breath, nothing else, just your breath. Breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, and breathing out. For one minute, breathing in, breathing out. And you can open your eyes. Cool. Now, how do you feel? I feel very relaxed. Did, did Dad, that I, refresh I think Dad you? Dad fell asleep. <laughs> I napped. It doesn't take much for Dad. Dad relaxes very quickly. <laughs> it would have been really awkward if he started snoring on the podcast. Oh, my God. Anyway, so we will wrap this up. Thank you for that exercise. I think that I was appreciate great. That, I do yes. feel really relaxed. Oh. Yeah. So, listeners... I think that that's a little exercise that you could probably, uh, if you want to, I don't know what minute in the episode that is, but we could play it on repeat or you can take yourself through that practice of yeah. just starting to track your own breath. And I think when you're focused on that, I know for sure I have a ton of things on my mind all the time and it's a very busy place up there. Um, up there. But for that minute, I really... I don't think another thought crossed my mind other than my breathing. So oh, that is one thing I wanted to, you know, if you have trouble concentrating on your breathing, because a lot of people with meditation, and I've helped people with their meditation practices, is they really have trouble quieting the mind. Because while, you know, you're trying to do, it could be a guided meditation or just a, a quiet meditation, you know, they're flooded with, oh, what am I making for dinner tonight? Oh, am I going to shop right after, you know, whatever. Well, we have so many things that come into our heads. So what I like to, uh, a little tip, is when you're trying to quiet your mind, is when a thought comes in, don't fight it. I like to think of it as, remember you're the sailboat? Well, here you are on the sea, and as that thought comes in, it just flows down the river. You just like let it flow down the river, float away, float away. So don't fight it. Just let it float away. And then get back to Very focusing good. on your breath. Yeah. Well, thanks, good. Mom. Yeah, thank you for being here. Oh, I'd like to leave you with a special blessing. And it brings together a lot of these mindful practices. And this is my wish for you and listeners as you're moving forward. I hope mindfulness becomes something that can help you become more resilient on your walk of life. And may the sun bring you new energy by day. May the moon softly restore you by night. May the rain wash away all your worries. May the breeze blow new strength into your being. Very nice. Wow. Well, I have two very talented parents. Not sure where I went wrong, but oh, you're, <laughs> no. you're great. We love no, you. Thank you both. Thank you, Mom, for being with us and for sharing your story with our listeners and with us. And yeah, just thank you for being with us. Where can people go to find you? Okay. Uh, you can visit my website, lauragraziano.com. And you can also find me on YouTube. Because I have a YouTube channel where I do mindful videos to help people 
on different topics that would come up in your day-to-day living to improve your work, your relationships, all of it. And that's Laura Graziano, L-A-U-R-A-G-R-A-Z-I-A-N-O. And that's on YouTube. Very good. And, and listeners, if you are super compelled to find out what those love glasses look like, <laughs> I guarantee you can find them on her YouTube channel. That's absolutely correct. <laughs> they weren't allowed here, but they are on her YouTube channel. So for anybody that's interested, check out personal best coaching, retreats, programs, and all different content that helps you be your best you. And in the meantime, if you liked what you heard today, please like, subscribe, share with a friend. I think that there's a lot of good stuff in this episode that would really help anybody, especially during this busy season of life. So thanks for staying with us and we will see you, talk to you something next week. Yeah, thank thank you so much for having me. I love you both. Love Love you you. too. All right. Wherever you are, whatever your story, thanks for spending time with us this morning. Now, go and make a difference in your world. to really like limit the the love fest next week we've got to have something a little bit more (laughs) my gusha meter has gone way over where it is comfortable exactly (laughs) thanks for listening everyone bye take care bye